girl, look at my back view. It's like I'm in a tent fort thing. You're in the pod fort. I'm in the pod fort. Oh, I love pod fort. Love it. Oh my gosh, we pod could like fort. actually deck it out instead of it just being junk Ooh. in my office. <laughs> fort pod. Because isn't it like aren't forts usually called like fort something? Fort pod. Fort pod. Pod. Nah, pod I, fort. I like Whatever. pod fort. We'll work on now, it. Now we'll I, workshop it. Yeah, we'll workshop it. We'll beatbox it. We'll yeah. figure it out. We'll figure it out. But uh, hey, everybody. Oh, hey. Hi. We didn't see Is that our, it. Hi. Uh, welcome to our podcast brought to you by The Letter with Carly and Kelsey. And I'm Carly and that person over there is... Kelsey. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> it's September. Fuck, it's September. Ooh. Yep. Good song. Living in September. Uh, that's you what know. they're saying oh my gosh i, did, I just go <laughs> i don't know i just know they're going september i don't know what the September. <laughs> i think it's dancing in september you know what could be wrong they should pronounce their lyrics better they really should. Pinochle. Hippopotamus. Flamingo. <laughs> <laughs> Shiitake mushrooms. Starch wagon. <laughs> Manifest destiny. <laughs> Long John <Ow>. Silvers. <laughs> Fish fry. Fish fry <laughs> oh my gosh i'm so, quiet anyways, laughing right now this hurts so now much now that we're we're our voices are warmed up oh my gosh uh, <laughs> all right no, yo what's up yo what's up what's up what are you up to what's 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 life been like we got back last week from michigan trip. oh my gosh so fun yes but I don't know about you, but I was, like, messed up for days from that 12-hour drive. Even though I was not driving, I was simply passaging. <laughs> I was – it was rough. Yeah. I was, like, yeah. Yeah, dude. Uh, travel days are hard, but uh, that's why you always do buffer days to, like, have a day off. Did mm-hmm. you go to work the next day? Uh-huh. Oh, no. Yeah. Honey. I had to. Okay. Well – I I had to get hard at work of recording this or editing this podcast. I mean, <laughs> so. you're like, bitch. Um, I had things to do. Yeah. Remember? Yeah, yeah. It was it was tough, but we had such a fun time in Michigan. It was awesome. Weather was very beautiful. Shamelessly slept till like noon every day, basically. So that was amazing when you woke up at noon. Literally, everybody was like, haha, we're gonna wake up at noon," and it was nine a.m. And then you actually came out at noon. And then I emerged from my my den mm-hmm. <laughs> with like probably like the lines of the blankets like burned into my face. <laughs> you know, like when you sleep so oh, hard. Yeah. And there's that ridge. Yeah. Got new scars. You always know you sleep good when you got like wrinkles on you, on your body. Oh, the blankets, fuck yeah. Embossed into you. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously, like, a live wave machine. It's, like, right there. Mm-hmm. And you saw how close yeah. it was. Like, it's so loud. It is. It really was. Yeah. It's so nice. 
10 out of it 10. was so fun but any hizzle oh yeah i was just gonna say the one thing that i came home and i boasted about was that i made all of you guys learn my absolute favorite game called kemp and everybody loved it and i just felt really good and proud of myself because when i like make people do something that i like and i'm nervous that nobody else will like it but like apparently everybody liked it so oh yeah the that, whole time i was yeah that game's amazing it was so fun you guys should look up and learn how to play kemp because it's just like such a fun and very easy game that the rules aren't difficult it's not like a lot of strategy and well there is strategy involved but anyways um yeah suffice to say you had a good time it was it was fun thanks for having me excellent sorry i'm um casually eating a cosmic brownie over here oh i'm so jealous Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. delicious yo girl i went to aldi for the first time you know i'm an aldi stan i know you are i stan but i did have one bad experience there what was your bad experience I picked up a hummus and it had mold in it. Oh, that's pretty bad. Yeah, that's pretty bad. I still bought a hundred dollars worth of stuff from there, but yeah, but that a hundred dollars is equivalent, like at another grocery store, to like three hundred dollars. I know it's like insane. Yeah, it's so good. I actually need to go grocery shopping. I would love to get back there because I really want an easy meal, kind of. And recently, I've been into like asian noodle bowls like really bad i just want to have like those flavors all the time because i bought crispy chili oil and i have like scallions that i'm growing and like a little grow box thing so i'm like constantly like wanting to eat noodles yes you know ramen's great oh yeah in certain instances but i want like different and better and aldi has a whole bunch at least last time i was there of like different bowls of curry noodles and then like they have pho noodles like just microwave i just ate one literally before we started recording and i like fry an egg and i put my egg in there and then i put sriracha in it and it's like Uh, so good mm. so that's primarily why i want to get back to aldi so i can get more of those and they're like a dollar do you want some advice from college alex yes and his cookbook kelsey's brother alex aka my brother basically yeah let's hear it You take the spicy ramen packet, you Mm -hmm. put an egg on top, and you also put a slice of American cheese. And apparently- Oh my God. It's the best (gasps) ever. And you mix it up and it becomes creamy. Oh. Yeah, but it has to be like the shitty American cheese. Like Kraft Singles. Oh, yeah, of course. Okay. Okay, good. I'm glad we're on the same page. The the cheese stuff. Yeah. Exactly. The cheese product. And it becomes a creamy, tomato-y almost, or like chili-y. My mouth is watering. I want that. <sighs> it's like... That sounds so good. It's like the Rotel nacho cheese of mm-hmm. ramen. That sounds amazing. I'll definitely try that. Thank you. Thanks, Alex. Any hoozle, I would love to hear what you're going to teach me about this week. Yes, I'm teaching. I'm teacher. Welcome. Did we explain this podcast? We did, right? we did no we didn't i think we just introduced it ourselves oh well yeah so this podcast is called brought to you by the letter and we teach you guys about stuff every week and hopefully you learn something hopefully if you already knew a little bit about stuff you learn more and then you can go and you can tell 
tell your best friend or tell your mom and or your sister or your brother about it or your dentist. You can be the person at the party that has the weird factoid about Rasputin or Bloody Mary, for instance. Exactly. You can be the person that possesses all the knowledge at a party because we're allowed to go to parties potentially. Exactly. That's what we do. And we're on letter S. Yes. I'm about to get started. It's a good thing I don't have braces because the letter S is very like... Is it? Hard to see. <laughs> well, I do have a tongue twister in this story a little bit. So oh, no. You'll know when, I, oh, when no. we get there. Anyway, so I'm doing S and I am going to teach you guys and Kelsey about Stonehenge. Brought Ooh. to you by the letter S. Dude, I've been there. Wait, seriously? Yeah. What? I didn't know. That's mm-hmm. so cool. When I was younger, got a picture there in front of some rocks. Can't wait to hear about How the old cool- were you? I was young. I was like three. Oh my God. Okay. So like you don't, so like pretty much probably everything I'm going to tell you, you probably didn't know about it. <laughs> no, no, no. I know <laughs> not nothing like about you were Stonehenge. just there like last year. No, no, okay. no, 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 no. Oh no. I just remember seeing okay. big rocks. I don't remember anything else. I didn't learn anything. Okay, good. Yeah. So. Oh, I'm so excited. Let's go get into it. Let's get into it. For centuries upon centuries, many historians and archaeologists have wondered about the many mysteries of Stonehenge. Located in Salisbury Plain, Wiltshire, which is in southern England, simply put, Stonehenge is a monument of about a hundred massively huge stones placed upright in a circular layout. So, I know what you're thinking. What the heck is a henge? <laughs> you were thinking that, <laughs> I was, right? I, you know what? I was just pondering that. I'm really glad you brought it up. Well, yeah, of course. Well, let me just tell you. A henge, spelled H-E-N-G-E, is a circular or oval-shaped ditch or dugout with an external raised bank. So, people suggest that these banks... You know, they're raised and then there's an inner area. Mm -hmm. They were built up to ensure privacy so that, you know, onlookers from the outside can't necessarily see in. But there's a small gap that usually serves as the main entrance to the henge on that, like, outer bank. So henges were being built by the Neolithic people around 3000 BC. So there are actually henges built all over the British Isles and today we estimate there to be about 1,000 known henges like other than Stonehenge and actually new ones are being found on a regular basis which is like super fucking cool. Just like randomly around the world? Yeah. Oh my gosh. But more of that to come. Hold that thought. Okay. (laughs) So yes. So while the purpose of this ancient monument has many theories, some of them are debated, the construction of this huge and ancient ruin can be quite puzzling. So how do they build it? Over 5,000 years ago, Neolithic builders used primitive tools, possibly made from deer antlers, to dig that massive circular ditch and bank around the outside of the henge. Within that circle, there were deep pits dating back to this time period and they were discovered by this 17th century antiquarian 
aka archaeologist, and his name is John Aubrey. So he named these pits Aubrey Holes. <laughs> you know, he's got to take credit <laughs> for his shit. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I would love to have a hole named after me. I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, like, people got to get get theirs when they can, right? He's like, what can I claim? What's not claimed yet? Right. We got the fireman's ladder because there's totally mm-hmm. firemen back then. You know, we got everything mm-hmm. claimed. What about a hole? I'm going to claim right. the hole. It's my hole. It's, Aubrey's holes. It's so. It's <laughs> <laughs> Audrey's hole. The hole that's Audrey's. <laughs> so Hello. these Audrey holes, or I'm sorry, have I been saying Audrey? Aubrey holes. Shit. Aubrey holes. It, it was Aubrey's <laughs> hole, not Audrey's it's hole. It's Aubrey's, not I'm, Audrey. I know that this hole is going to come up many more times in the story, so we better get it right. Yes. Aubrey. The Aubrey holes may have once actually held a big timber post or a big stone inside of them. And at the time of construction, when these like Neolithic builders were digging them, they actually would have been about three feet wide and like super, super deep. Currently, it kind of sucks, but maybe it's like for safety. All of the holes are actually like filled in and painted white. It's like kind of weird. Why? I don't really know why. I don't really know why they did that. 17th century was a long time ago, so, like, maybe they were, like, yeah, we're gonna do this, but I don't really freaking know Take me back to the 17th century. Where were we at? (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) The purpose of these holes is actually debated, and, of course, like, you'll soon learn that a lot of things are debated about Stonehenge. (laughs) That'll be a reoccurring theme here. So, some archaeologists believe that there is an astronomical importance to Stonehenge and that they were used to measure the lunar cycle, which lasts about 18 Earth years, I guess. In addition, fragments of human remains have been found within these holes, Mm -hmm. which suggests that they could have also served as a burial ground. Oh, shit. About 64 cremations have been found, which also suggest about as many as 150 people were originally buried at Stonehenge. Whoa. Bodies. I know. I had no idea when I started looking to this. Kind of spooky a little bit. But yeah, I didn't know it was like an ancient burial site. That's interesting. Yeah. So back to the construction. After they dug that ditch and the Aubrey holes, um, several hundred years later... It is thought that the builders hoisted about 80 non-indigenous bluestones into standing positions and placed them in a horseshoe or circular formation within that center area. So of the original 80 bluestones, only 43 are like still there today. And then the third phase of construction, so the bluestone phase was like the second phase, The third phase of construction, which took place around 2000 BC, here's the tongue twister. Sarsen sandstone slabs. (laughs) Sarsen sandstone slabs. There you go. It's impossible. I hate that. They were arranged in an outer 
crescent or ring outside of those like blue stones basically which are smaller wow so it was built over so many different years that's so interesting uh-huh mm. yep and some of these sandstones were actually assembled into the three-piece structures that we like kind of traditionally think of when we think of Stonehenge and those things are called trilithons yeah so fucking gigantic structures built out of huge stones that's just fucking crazy to me right so only 50 of the triple s's (laughs) remain on the site but evidence suggests there may have been more in the past so this cool thing called radiocarbon dating Mm. on the antler tools that were surrounding the site suggested that construction continued at Stonehenge until about 1600 BC. So like literally from like 5000 BC to 1600 BC. So like a long freaking time. Wow. That must have been real sacred. Right? Right? Or something. Yeah, something. So let's just... Let's just pull off the side of the road. We have to take a quick detour. (laughs) Quick. We need to stop for snacks. (gasps) Quick learning lounge detour. Science edition. Let's go. Ooh. Get your water. Get your apple. Get your snack. 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 Go. Snack. Science. 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 You know how much I love talking about science on this podcast, right? Yeah, I know how much you live for it. I absolutely live for it. I make a hundred percent total sense all of the time. So I never get confused, and I am very confident. All right, I'm going to teach you about radiocarbon dating. Yes. Do you have any idea what that is? I do know about this, but please explain it. I'm sure I don't remember the details well at all. Okay, so radiocarbon dating, which is also known just as like carbon dating, is a way of determining the age of certain archaeological artifacts of a biological origin up to about 50,000 years old. It is used in dating things, a.k.a. like when I say dating, I don't mean like, hey, let's go on a date. <laughs> let's go get pizza and watch let's a movie. Go for, let's go. Yeah, let's go for <laughs> pasta and pizza. Buy yeah. some ice cream afterwards. Exactly. Perfect date. Maybe make out point. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean how old something is. That's what I mean by dating. The age. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it dates things such as bone cloth wood and plant fibers that were created in the relatively recent past by human activities here's how this shit works basically there's a specific ratio that we know of i'm not sure what that ratio is i just know that people who need to know it know it (laughs) of the stable carbon 16 atoms so carbon is like in everything right yeah it's a element got it so the carbon atoms are really stable they have a nice job they definitely have saved away for retirement exactly they have at least a reliable car if not a car for fun as a backup oh for sure yeah for sure they have a savings account Oh, yeah. 100%. They may even have yeah. their college fund set up for their kids. Oh, of course. Or because they're progressive and they're good parents, their child's art degree. 
because they're going to be great. <laughs> we you know? love to see it. Carbon Thank 16. Thank you, Carbon 16. Mwah. Stable. <laughs> Thank you. Exactly. Exactly. So there's a specific ratio of these stable atoms, carbon 16, and also an unstable and radioactive carbon 14 atom, oh. which the reason that it becomes unstable is because it's bombarded with electrons from the atmosphere. I'm not going to get into it. Yeah, yeah, I would be unstable if I was bombarded with electrons from the universe. Exactly, exactly. So all of these atoms, 16 and 14, in the atmosphere, and they're also present in all living things. Once living things start to decay, you know, mm-hmm. they're dying, getting old, whatever. Getting wrinkles. Up. <laughs> yeah, so do these carbon atoms as well. So all atoms have a half-life which means that the number of atoms will decay and decrease by half after a certain period of time. Right? Yep. We understand half-life. So we know that the half-life of carbon-14 atoms is 5,730 years. So we're then able to measure the amount of carbon atoms in a particular artifact and determine how old it is. Whoa. Isn't that cool? Whoa. It's just like doing some math and then you figure out the age of it. Mother frigger. Yeah. So that's how they were able to figure out like the construction phases and shit in Stonehenge because of like where these artifacts were found and then the, the you know, carbon dating on them and stuff like that. Yeah. That's super so cool. fucking cool. Yeah. But there are a few negatives slash like things that make carbon dating not so reliable. One of them is that we can only measure fossils and artifacts that are less than 50,000 years old because like right after a certain point of time the half-life of carbon 14 diminishes to like basically nothing. Right. So it's kind of hard to like measure that. Mm-hmm. Another unfortunate negative about carbon dating is that Modern scientists and, like, people kind of really messed up the ratio of carbon-16 and 14 atoms in the atmosphere due to, like, manufacturing, pollution, you know, dropping nuclear atom bombs. So, like, future scientists are kind of fucked (laughs) because that ratio that we, like, know and, (gasps) like, base all of our, what's it called? All of the findings on our, yeah, all of our- Arithmetic- they're changing. It's going to be like constantly. Up. Oh my yeah. gosh. <gasps> Whoa. I yeah. didn't know you were going to go environmental on me, babe. Just a tad. Just a, Just tad. a tad. Wow. But that's carbon dating. That is how archaeologists, geologists, super awesome sciencey history people are able to determine the ages of stuff. So, motherfucker. Got it. Oh my gosh. We I got feel, our snacks. I feel so learned. Back on the road. See you, Learning Lounge. Until next time. Thanks, Learning Lounge. Let's get back to how people built Stonehenge. Yes. The triple S's, Sarston, Sandstone, Slabs, were likely sourced and found from quarries like about 25 miles or 40 kilometers north of the location of Stonehenge. The largest of these stones weighs more than 40 tons, a.k.a. 80,000 pounds, or about 36 metric tons, and is about 24 feet or 7 meters tall. So that's the biggest one. In friggin' sane. For these triple S's, the builders dug deep ditches 
and then use like pulleys and ropes to like hoist them Mm -hmm. and raise them upright and then packed the ditches with rocks and dirt in order to hold them in place. However, interestingly, the smaller blue stones have been traced all the way to the Priscelli Hills in Wales, which is about 200 miles or 322 kilometers away. So even though they're smaller than the Sarsten stones, they still weigh like four tons or 3.6 metric tons. So they're still fucking heavy. Crazy. How did these people get the stones there? There's many theories. One of the theories is that the stones were transported by floating on rafts down rivers, being dragged by teams of men and oxen. They also could have been, like, placed on giant wooden sledges and pulled along the ground using log rollers. Like, you put a log and then it rolls and then you take another log and then you, like, run Mm, and then you So it's like mobile wheels. (laughs) Yeah, basically. you have to, like, detach and, ew, that sucks so bad. Doesn't it seem horrible horrible to drag huge ass stones all across the england countryside it's a no for me yeah it's a no yeah same no like don't worry tragedy and their lives only last like 40 years or whatever so it's like their (laughs) their time was precious oh my gosh not to get like morbid but like i wonder if anyone got like smushed by one Oh, a hundred percent. Oh, yeah. Probably. Smushy. Little bit. That's of, just like. That's just like par for the course. But also, like, think about how prevalent death was back then, too. Because, like, mm-hmm. even even up until, like, the 1900s, like, we're not. Sorry, not to go on, like, a weird side note, but. Please, I welcome them. We're not equipped to handle, like, death anymore. We just can't. You think mm-hmm. about that, sh- like, all the shit that happened, like, the bubonic plague and stuff. We can't handle mass yeah. death anymore. It's, like, ab- it's, yeah. Which Wow, that's not relevant at all to modern times, Kelsey. No, I don't know where this is coming from. The inspiration is where just... Where is this coming from? But it's true. It's, like, holy shit. <laughs> but maybe also back then, well, people also experienced it a lot more, but also they didn't have to hear about it happening everywhere, maybe. So it's just a different time. Yeah, news doesn't isn't immediate and yeah like literally we can update a we can literally hit refresh and see a number change yep scary too much information yeah that's when we need less info that's not true i'm all i'm all for that i I think it's you know what let's not go there let's not go there okay all right next so anyways sorry getting back to stonehenge so don't apologize it was great (laughs) While it's generally believed that these, like, Neolithic builders hauled the boulders for miles and miles away, some geologists have been adding alternative theories to how Stonehenge came into existence. Some scientists suggested that glaciers, not humans, did most of the heavy lifting. Oh. Uh Uh-huh. The planet, this is a fact, is dotted with giant rocks known as glacial erratics that were carried over long distances by giant sheets of moving ice. Ooh. It's like a glacier taxi service for for rocks. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) The blue stones could have been grabbed by these glaciers during like an ice age and then deposited only a 
stones throw away. Oh, no, you didn't. Oh, yes, I canceled, did. Canceled. 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 Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of a just an interesting theory. But also at the same time, like, okay, then where are the other blue stones? Like, did the glacier literally deposit exactly the right amount that they needed? Well, maybe that's how they planned it. They planned it like that. Kind maybe. Of. They had the stones. They just needed to... They just were like, all right, great. We got this arts and crafts materials. We got blue stones. Beautiful, beautiful. Love them. All we got to do is dig the hole and then it's done. And then we dump some bodies in there. Let's make a craft. Let's go. Funeral craft. Go. Go. <laughs> like many aspects of Stonehenge, who actually built it? Like I'm saying Neolithic builders, whatever. But like why and who organized it is also up for debate. I love this part. Ready? The 12th century writer, Jeffrey of Monmouth, who wrote tales of King Arthur and mythical and fantastical accounts of like English history, believes that Stonehenge is the handiwork of the wizard Merlin. The story goes that in the mid 5th century, hundreds of British nobles were slaughtered by the Saxons and buried in Salisbury Plain, where Stonehenge is. Hoping to create a memorial to his fallen subjects, King Arthur's uncle, Oriel's Ambrosia, sent an army to Ireland to retrieve a stone circle known as the Giant's Ring, which ancient giants had built from magical African bluestones. The soldiers successfully defeated the Irish but failed to move the stones, so Merlin used his sorcery to move them across the sea and arrange them above the mass grave. Wow. Wait, was Merlin real? Side note, kind of, but... There is this writer, and I'm, I'm, I think also Chaucer, Jeffrey Chaucer, mm-hmm. I believe I should double check this, but there are so many stories that, like, people found and stuff of, like, King Arthur and, like, all these fantastical stories that we've adapted into, like, folklore and, like, yeah, fairy tales and, like, all this shit, so that's the thing. There are multiple stories by multiple different writers from this, like, ancient, yeah, you know, European time oh. of, like, knights and blah, blah, blah. But, like, what is it? Is it an allegory? Is it real? Like, we don't really know. Huh. But it's just really, really, really cool. I recently have looked into this not because of Stonehenge, but because a few, maybe a month ago, Tyler and I saw The Green Knight, which is a new movie with Dev Patel, who's, like, awesome. And it is very strange. I don't believe you would like it, Kelsey, but (laughs) it is based directly off of this, like, uh, they call it Arthurian, like, King Arthur era tale Uh of a knight called the Green Knight who symbolizes, like, nature. This other knight challenges him and um, basically... He is told, he tells the knight, who's Dev Patel in the story, you must hit me with your sword, but in exactly a year, you have to come find me to the Green Chapel, and I will place upon you the exact same cut that you did to me. That's what the knight says. That's his, like, game. Okay. So he's like, you can stab me, but... He could have also just been, like, like nicked his hand like whatever but instead he cuts off his head 
So I'll just leave it at that. It's such a freaking interesting story. It's based on, like I'm saying, this Arthurian tale, and then that's what the movie's about. It's oh. it's really cool. Yeah. Huh. It's, it's definitely a movie that I watched, and I was like, I need to watch this again, because I probably missed so much stuff. I feel like I would like that. It's a little scary. It's a little creepy. It's oh, like, I don't think I would like that. You're right. I would be scared. Okay, you know, I'm like ranting about the Knight's Tale. Mm. That's like very like jovial and like fun. Mm. Whereas this is like very much more dark. Yeah. Like it's not putting everything like into this like beautiful in this, in this right. time. Everything was great. But there's like Merlin is in it. King Arthur is in it. Like there's like oh. all these characters that are in it. It's really, it's really, mm. it's, it's really cool. But okay. anyways, so back to Stonehenge. So a lot of people believed that the writer Monmouth's tale was the true story of Stonehenge, but scientifically the construction of this based on the carbon dating and stuff actually predates the tale by several thousand years. So So alas. Didn't happen. Yeah. You know what? It's probably like people of that time probably wrote that like once again Mm -hmm. to explain like what the hell is this right several thousand years ago this thing existed and then all these people who like are writing and creating art and stuff and they're like well how can we explain this let's write a tale about it right i mean you could think like maybe the people who were using it died off or something and that was how Mm -hmm. the next group of people decided to use it yeah basically yeah cool so another thing another theory the 17th century archaeologist john aubrey of the aubrey holes fame oh the aubrey holes <laughs> yeah i didn't think he was actually gonna come in again i really didn't <laughs> just a little bit he claimed that stonehenge was the work of celtic high priests known as druids you know what druids are mm-hmm So even today, there are people who identify as modern day Druids, and they actually continue to gather at Stonehenge for the summer solstice. Druids are people that are like very much in tune with nature. They're very spiritual. It's kind of more of like a pagan thing, like pagan religion. Mm -hmm. Once again, science ruined all the fun. The (laughs) carbon dating shows that Stonehenge actually stood over a thousand years before the Celts even lived like in that area. Mm Mm-hmm. So it kind of, like, eliminates that theory. Today, many modern historians and archaeologists agree that several different tribes of people contributed to Stonehenge, each taking on their own phase of construction. So there's three phases of construction. The tools and bones and other artifacts that were found, like, helped support this idea. Mm -hmm. So the first stage, which was digging the ledge and the Aubrey holes, was achieved by Neolithic agrarians or farmers who were indigenous to the British Isles. Mm -hmm. Later on, it's believed that groups with advanced tools and a more like communal way of living worked on that site. And some suggested they were immigrants from mainland Europe, while others believed they were descendants of the original builders. So they were just like a little bit more of a society Mm -hmm. organized, basically. While facts surrounding construction of Stonehenge are hazy, the purpose of the monument is even more of a mystery. Historians agree that it was a place of great importance for over 1,000 years. We may never really know what drew early Britons to the Salisbury Plain and what inspired them to continue to develop it. But obviously, 
As we said before, there is evidence that suggests that Stonehenge was once used as a burial site, but most scholars believe that it also served other functions as well. They believed it was a ceremonial site, a religious pilgrimage destination, a final resting place for royalty, or a memorial to honor and perhaps connect spiritually with distant ancestors. In the 1960s, astronomer Gerald Hawkins suggested that the stone served as an astronomical calendar with different points corresponding to astrological phenomenon like solstices, equinoxes, and eclipses. This theory has received a lot of attention. Critics believe that Stonehenge's builders probably, like, didn't know. They were (laughs) kind of rude. (laughs) They were like, they're probably so stupid, they don't know how to predict this kind of stuff. (laughs) Wait. Come on, asshole. But is it, like, exact, or is it, like, pretty damn close? It's pretty damn close. Then. Yeah. Then fuck them. I know. The odds of that are just not likely. I think that that's what. Personally, that's what I kind of believe. That's your hot take? I think that people just like, sure, okay, like, people were just so much more in tune with nature because they fucking had to be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. It's. Whatever. Those fucking idiots could never do it. (laughs) I know. They're rude. And then they were like, an even simpler debunking of the theory is that England's dense cloud cover would have obstructed their view of the skies. So they're like, well, yeah, England's super cloudy, so, like, they couldn't even see the stars and shit anyways. But, okay, but, like, was it back then, too? You know what I mean? Like, that yeah. seems a little, like, a little bit of oversight to me. I know. I thought that they're that was pretty rude just to write them off in that way, so whatever. I personally <laughs> would like to fight the early Neolithics fight and say that I think they're smart enough to do that shit. Yeah. Thank you. They appreciate that, I'm sure. (laughs) So recently, which is kind of cool, signs of illness and injury in the human remains at Stonehenge led archaeologists to speculate that it was considered a place of healing, perhaps because bluestones were thought to have, like, curative healing powers. Huh. Yeah. So a final tale of folklore surrounding Stonehenge can be told by the heel stone, a.k.a sunstone aka friar's heel the heel stone is northeast of the sarsen circle which is like the big big ass ones Mm -hmm. three s's yes triple s's it's a rough stone about 16 feet or five meters above ground and leans inwards towards the stone circle at the summer solstice you can stand within the stone circle Look northeast through the entrance of Stonehenge and see the sun rise in the approximate direction of the heel stone. I actually had photos to show you that I like kept forgetting to show you. <laughs> show me now. Show me now. I want to so see. So here is the heel stone with the sun rising over it. Just fucking dope. Holy shit. Oh my gosh. At first I was like, I don't remember there being that many rocks. And then I realized there were people. And <laughs> yeah. Those are all people looking at it. Yeah. So also then this is a rendering of like how people thought they might have raised the big stones up. That's insanity though. Yeah. That's crazy. Pretty wild, man. See, like look back here. There's like a big stone like strapped to some like wood shit that they're like pushing and then 
Yeah. Look at us being advanced and shit. So it is believed that the devil bought the stones from a woman in Ireland, wrapped them up, and brought them to Salisbury Plain. One of the stones fell into the Avon River, and the rest were carried into the plain. The devil cried out, no one will ever find out how these stones came here. A friar, a.k.a. religious priest or something, (laughs) replied, that's what you think. And the devil threw one of the stones at him and hit him on the heel. (laughs) The stone stuck into the ground and is still there. Hence, the sun stone, heel stone, friar's heel. So that's the little, like, folklore around it. Mm. Cute. The devil. Cute. (laughs) So, finally, in conclusion, I'm going to tell you about a couple of other ancient Henges or circles found in Europe. Henges, henges, henges. Go, go, go. Go, go, go. Go, 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 go. go. Let's go. There is the Ring of Brodgar on the Orkney Islands in Scotland. Today, only 27 stones are left standing, but when it was built in the early Bronze Age, it had 60 standing stones. Sea Henge, isn't that funny, <laughs> was uncovered on the Norfolk coast in 1998. So, like, sort of recently, they, yeah. I mean, relatively, they found it. It's formed by a circle of wooden stumps made from an oak tree. Sea Henge was originally built on marshes close to the sea, but basically, like, it's kind of washed up and overtaken by the sea now. It's speculated that the Bronze Age people probably gathered here for funerals. Huh. And finally, Woodhenge is just two miles away from Stonehenge. It's a circular structure made out of 168 wooden posts. There is evidence that animal sacrifices were performed at Woodhenge. There may have even been some human sacrifices, too. Oh, no. Dun-dun-dun. That's like the scary off-brand Stonehenge that nobody should go to because they'll get murdered there. This is the Woodhenge. <gasps> That's just like creepy to me. Yeah. What right? the fuck? Why? It's just a bunch of stumps arranged in like a cylindrical circular. It honestly looks like everybody is social distancing sitting away from yeah, each other and then this is That's what it looks like right no for real it's like it's like yeah. everybody at a concert this is my stump please do not come near me in my stump yeah if you can touch me and you're not touching your stump <laughs> you're too close yes i think that before i learned about this i kind of thought that maybe stonehenge was more about that sacrifice shit but it really just seems like it was like a, a cemetery or, or like a gathering like, place yeah. yeah, or, like, predicting the moon phases and shit. Or, like, a calendar, literally. Like, how fucking cool would that be? I know. What if it was just some, like, artist's art installation? <laughs> that just, like... <laughs> like, that arts and crafts, man. Hundred, Yeah, hundreds of thousands of years of planning. Who knows? Exactly. So whatever or whoever or however you believe that Stonehenge was created, it is still an amazing and historical monument that I like to leave its creation up to my imagination. And that's Stonehenge. Imagination. Brought to you by the letter S. Nice. Yay. Let me show you some other things. I really dropped the ball here on 
whatever. My visual aids. <laughs> you're in the you're in the zone. Uh huh. Maybe. Uh huh. Maybe I'll do a screenshot of this um, on our Instagram, but this yeah. is kind of like what Stonehenge would have looked like if all the stones were present That's 4,000 so years ago. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yes. So it currently does not look like this. There's significantly less stones. And I forget if I mentioned this, but there's like, there's like evidence suggests that like they were moved like a lot, that the blue stones weren't always like this, like that they'll move them sometimes or like change up or like redecorate or whatever redecorate (laughs) it's just like a housewife that just needs to like keep moving her furniture around she's like i'm bored all day i don't i'm not feeling the vibe of this blue stone right now i gotta move it yeah yeah henry come help me move this blue stone (laughs) (laughs) and then we have the altar stone but it's totally like buried under another fallen stone and it's basically the only type of that stone, which is a different type of sandstone from Wales, oh. it's the only one that exists. And it's just oh. like flat laying down, whereas all the other ones are straight up. That seems magical. I know, doesn't it? Oh my gosh, I want to go again so I can actually appreciate it like a, <laughs> a real person. Stonehenge. Nice. I love it. There we go. Yeah, Carly. Thanks, fam. Thanks, Thanks fam. Thanks, Wow. More than just a bunch of stones, huh? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. I almost like the magical, you know, like, I like the magical tales more so than, like, the reality. Scientists are coming in and they're like, actually, um, according to my research, that is not true because blah, 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 um, blah, They couldn't have been magically moved there <laughs> because, like, technically they would need all the forces of a wizard, which is actually impossible. <laughs> Um. Wow, yeah, my volume is but... so high on that. <laughs> I like the magical. I mean, I like the idea that I think it's also amazing if it's just passed down from like society to society. I mean, that's pretty fucking cool too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And even so, like the first, because it's built in three phases, like the first phase those people could have had a different purpose than right. the second or third phase even too. Cause it's like, not just like 10 years, it's like thousands of years. In exactly. Between. So like how many times was yeah. it found and then refound and like, exactly. And like, did that change its usage based on what people thought it was used for before? Cause it's like clearly not something that happened naturally or right. Is that where the folklore came from of like, it just doesn't seem fucking possible. Carly, that was so good. Thank you. I never knew some rocks could be so cool. I know, right? Man, they they rock. But thank you guys so much for listening. Please check us out on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter at by the letter pod. Or you can email us at by the letter pod at gmail.com if you have any suggestions. New episodes every Thursday. Learn about shit. Tell your friends. Rate, review, subscribe. I think that's everything. That's everything. All right. We love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.